Welcome to Here for the Cocktail Party. I'm Rayanne. And I'm Sean. Each week, we'll be sipping cocktails, spilling tea, and diving into the latest gossip on Matt's season of The Bachelor. Kiki with us every week as we overanalyze the contestants' love connection and follow their journey with a healthy dose of alcohol and skepticism. We're recapping episode 11, which is our finale. We made it. Unsure how. I'm exhausted. We made it with tons of cocktails. I don't know how you survived that one week where you couldn't drink. This season has been so long that my wisdom tooth removal felt like it was six years ago. (laughs) This week, we had to pull out the espresso machine and make ourselves an espresso martini because boy, was this the longest three hours of the year. And also, it's daylight savings time, which I didn't think about last week when we were thinking of the drink, but it just made even more sense now. (laughs) We zoom in and there's Matt in the snow and I knew it was only a matter of time until the foliage was going to disappear. We were going to get into winter, but man, was I sad to see see those leaves go. The leaves went along with Matt's feelings. He is just completely dead inside and he meets with his mom and brother. And let me just tell you, his brother is also good looking. So can they do like a duo bachelor with two brothers like Ivan's brother and Matt's brother? Like we need this fantasy. Somebody on Twitter asked if Matt's brother being on the show made him eligible to be in Bachelor in Paradise. And then the response was, yes, according to the Ashley I clause. Because remember, they brought her sister on Bachelor in Paradise. Yes. We endorse this clause and both brothers need to be on Paradise. So yeah, he goes to talk to his mom and his brother. And there's an in the moment with his mom and she's like, I think it's a long shot he's going to get engaged. It's like, mother knows best. (laughs) Patty, can we call you Patty? Patty, you are the MVP of this episode. Uh, Michelle comes in. She's really excited to meet the family. Obviously, she's perfect. So she can fit into anyone's family. I think it was so sweet that she greeted them by their names. And I'm just like, Rachel probably doesn't know their names. And Rachel is going to forget their names and just give a general hello to them. So I'm I'm ready to see that. Off the bat, Patty is ready to cry. She's just going to cry up The whole fucking nemicolon. Yeah, Patty has shown more emotion in uh, the 10 minutes she was on screen than Matt has shown this entire season up until this episode. (laughs) Unless you count his uncontrollable laughter, because I guess that's an emotion, right? (laughs) True. So Michelle is talking to Patty and Patty is like, do you think Matt's the one? And she's like, I absolutely do. And she said she's very much in love with her son. And Michelle, we love you. And they both cry and hug each other. And it's very nice. It's the nice moment that we all need in 2021 right now. The fact that they could hug also was like, this is the light at the end of the tunnel, people. We can hug people after this. So true. And Matt's brother also has a chat with Michelle and is uh, grilling her about what she likes about Matt and her past relationships. And the brother says that he's never seen Matt in a relationship and he thinks he looks really happy with Michelle. So we have the brother's and the mom's approval here. 
and Matt sits down with Patty. Patty is like, she's very sweet, easy to be around. I love seeing you happy. And then Matt is caressing Patty's leg, slightly uncomfortable. It's a lot of thigh caressing. (laughs) Matt's just like a very touchy person. And I think it just really no pun intended, rubs me the wrong way. Like, it just makes me so uncomfortable. Like, this is going to sound so wrong, but I have never touched my mother like that. (laughs) (laughs) So, I'm just watching this, and I just, mm, you know, not my cup of tea, really. I have to make that into a a piece of merch or something. Just just so y'all know, Sean has never touched his mother like that. Michelle says goodbyes and they go out to have their little one on one. Yeah, and he, Matt is pretty much like, I'm wondering how she hasn't been swooped up by now. And we're like, we're all asking the same question, and you're clearly not going to swoop her up. So there will not be any swooping this episode, thanks to Matt James. But they have like this cute snowball fights and it's so wholesome and it brings me back to last night when i had a snowball fight with my boyfriend so oh the only thing i was thinking though was i wanted michelle to have the snowball fight like an elf when he piles eighty five thousand snowballs and throws them really aggressively at the children like i wanted her to just throw snowballs aggressively at matt because we you know could kind of foreshadow what was gonna happen next <laughs> Right? This would have been the perfect time to get her anger out by throwing 85 snowballs at him. Then Rachel pulls up. And what did I tell you? He had to remind Rachel of the names. See, she didn't know. She didn't read the note cards before she went on this date. That's all I'm saying. You're very right. John and Rachel have a conversation. And Matt does warn her that John may grill her. and. This is the point where I was asking myself if John works in HR because these questions were like the interview questions that I've had to been dealing with this past year. (laughs) (laughs) What are your three greatest weaknesses? John, sir, if you are not in HR, you should consider a career in HR. You would be great. So she says that she's only been in two serious relationships. She's loved people and cared for people, but she hasn't been in love with someone like she is with Matt. And I guess John is like, all right, I'm not sure if he would give Rachel the job, but he lets her off easy. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I think the crazy thing is what we saw with Michelle was actually very authentic. And then what we saw with Rachel is very like Bachelor Nation. They just give the answers that they think the family will hear. And I think the producers are like, okay, John, you have to stop grilling her. Like, that's it. That's it. We're getting into the fantasy. The mom and Rachel have a conversation and it's very true. She's just, you know, going off like the laundry list of things she likes about him and she knew that she was already going to fall in love with him after the first night prayer. It's all because of the first night prayer, guys. I knew that was going to come back. <laughs> As Rayanne and I would have automatically walked out, obviously it was the hook, line, and sinker for Rachel. Yeah, so she just gushes over Matt to Patty and they leave and they have this like intense makeout session that is so much more 
intense than his time with Michelle. And it's like, God, I don't get it. (laughs) Another thing that I uh, noticed was at the end of Matt saying goodbye to Michelle, he said, I don't know if I'm ready for an engagement. And at the end of this with Rachel, he's like, I'm ready for engagement and marriage. And I'm like, did you just come to that conclusion in the last like two hours? I mean, it's been clear. We've been saying it's very clear this whole time. However, this is really just the icing on the cake that our poor girl, Michelle, is going to get her heart broken. Yep, she is toast. So then we go to Matt having alone time with his mom and brother. Uh, I just, yeah, she was very supportive until she wasn't supportive. Oh my God. (laughs) Like she just kept reiterating that Matt shouldn't jump to decisions, that love could be temporary and... It's not forever, always. And I'm just like, girl, are you like projecting your insecurities on him? Or are you subtly saying these two girls are not right for him? Because, you know, there's a lot of ways to look at this. Yes. And she says love is not the end all be all. And the brother is like, don't think you need to jump into a decision. So they both sound like... Patty and John, like they've had their heart broken a thousand times and they're like projecting it to Matt. And they were giving me Robbie Hart from the Wedding Singer vibes after he gets left at the altar when he sings Love Stinks at the wedding. I just wanted them to like break out into Love Stinks and Matt just sit there. (laughs) And be like, ooh, I could need a cocktail for this because this is just a little cringy. On a normal basis, I would kind of feel badly for Matt that this is the advice he's being given but I feel like in this season it's like no Patty is correct like you need to look at yourself you need to look at these two women who are still there and really decide if like this is a huge jump in your life that you want to make right now exactly and of course he is like I'm gonna go back and pray And I'm like, girl, you are about to pray all over the Nemecolon because you need a lot more answers than what God is going to give you. Let me tell you. Then we get a Chris and Matt chat. And Matt is pretty much like tattling on his mother about their conversation, which gives Chris the ammunition to essentially take away his feelings in a sense, as well as the advice that his mother gives him to just promoting what's best for the franchise in him getting engaged. And he at one point says that his mother is saying, essentially, don't worry, love ends. And what kind of greeting card is that? And I'm like, I hope Patty sends you a strongly worded greeting card after this, Mr. Harrison. I think the funniest thing for me is Matt unloads all of this to him. And then Chris just responds, that's a lot to unpack. Like, yeah, it is, Chris. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean, it's like you really see him breaking down. And I don't think he's ever really thought about how his past and like his parents' relationships would affect him in the long run. Like, I think he's he's thought about it, but he's obviously constantly being probed and prodded during this experience where he's really had to think about shit. And when you're in that setting, when you're like pretty much hanging out by yourself, 
after you just go through this whole day of filming with people asking you a million questions about your feelings. I mean, I I would think that gets to you. I think this is why people need to have these serious conversations with themselves in their head, in the mirror, whatever you prefer, before you jump into any relationship. A lot of people I saw were like, well, if he's not going to get engaged, like, why is he doing this? And in my honest opinion, I think that more leads should actually feel this hesitation. It always baffles me when even when leads do feel hesitation, they still get engaged. And I appreciated when Matt James was saying, like, the easy thing is to tell them that I'm ready to get engaged and, you know, it'll put us on this course that's not necessarily true when neither of us are ready for this commitment. And I was like, I think that's a very thoughtful thing. So maybe he did learn (laughs) throughout all of this and Chris Harrison bullying him into getting engaged is not fucking helpful. Oh, but the bullying doesn't end there, but we will get to that. After, you know, Chris pats him on the back and says, you'll figure it out. Matt goes on the one-on-one with Michelle. And before he says to the camera, he's hoping that this date will cast any doubts out of his mind. And I'm like, girl, he isn't, she is not going to solve your problems. Like you need to unpack your shit by yourself. Yeah. And of course they make them do some like stupid scaling the building date and the only thing I can think of is that I hope they didn't hire the same skydiving team to execute this date because <laughs> they would end up flat on the ground after <laughs> falling from this building. And Matt almost fell flat on the ground. Matt flung himself off of that building so quickly and landed like Spider-Man, you know, with like the legs up and he like looked like he was doing the web thing. Yes, yes. But Michelle goes, Listen, I'm already in love. I don't really need to fall to become more in love. And I was like, girl, same. I <laughs> I concur. You know, Michelle, you're making a lot of sense right now. Um, My husband, while this was happening, just turned to me and said, that looks like a good paint job. And they're like, you know, putting their dirty feet all over the building. <laughs> oh. I was like, I'm glad that's your only concern. <laughs> Not these people's lives, but the paint job and how dirty it's going to get. Oh, gosh. Kudos to Joey. So they basically put a restaurant booth out in the middle of nowhere with a heart. They start talking about family and how Michelle and Patty uh, were very vulnerable and real. Michelle still said she had a lot of fun. And we go into the night date and he says that he doesn't know if he can get there at this point in his in the moment. And, oh, man, this is where I started not to want to watch. (laughs) You know it's going to go downhill. He isn't trying that much because he is wearing pedestrian clothes for this night portion. So not casual, but pedestrian. (laughs) Pedestrian. There's a difference, okay? So (laughs) Michelle sets up this cute date, and I am all here for it. She said that she came into this experience looking for a teammate and that she thinks Matt is her teammate. So Michelle pulls out these gifts, and Matt's like, "Uh uh-oh, 
And it's like, girl, you are in danger again. Yeah, she brought jerseys that said world changing warriors. Like, come on. And then she gives him his and it says Mr. James on the back. And then she whips out her matching one and it says Mrs. James on the back. And then Matt James's face was that of complete and utter shock and being very, very frightened. And we knew it was over when she whipped that jersey out. After that happens, he automatically is like, this isn't fair. I have to tell her. And he just tells her that this is not going anywhere and it isn't happening. And Michelle just wants clarity, even though it's like she just got heartbroken. It was really abrupt slash drawn out all at the same time, which I think is like the theme of Matt James. (laughs) Like he takes a long time to think about what he's going to say. And then he's just really abrupt about everything. And yeah, she's asking him for clarity. And she's like, am I supposed to fight for you or not? And then there's silence. And he just says, I don't think I can get there with you. And she's like, well, what happened? Like, did this switch just like flip and you don't have feelings anymore he's like no i don't want you to feel like it was a flip of a switch and that was like pretty much the extent of their conversation and then he just walks out like what the fuck i mean obviously that was probably a cut but damn that just was so cruel yeah it was probably a cut because he sat there in silence for 25 minutes oh that's true it just sucks because obviously michelle can't see what we see And we knew he was in love with Rachel from like week four. But now what I really want is to get Michelle's students back on Zoom so they can tell us how they like really feel about Matt because they were being too nice to him. (laughs) We know you have other feelings, students. So you just let them out, okay? This is the moment we've all been waiting for. Matt crying outside of the hotel, telling Chris Harrison that he is not okay. Yeah, I was looking for a fence for him to jump over, but unfortunately, there didn't seem to be one around. He could have just fucking ran into the woods, though. That would have been good. (laughs) But you know what? It seems like he decided to confront his feelings this episode. I mean, he just really reiterates that his mom got into his head. (laughs) But I mean, there's, there's there's more to it than that. But I think that conversation really, and the conversation with his dad, you know, back to back, really got into his head it did so i don't think that bachelor nation will be taking any recommendations from tyler c anytime soon so matt is just like i need some time alone and he just runs away on top of running away he also cancels the one-on-one with rachel she just gets chris harrison at her door after she gets ready in her pedestrian outfit again two for two He just goes, sorry, Matt doesn't want to see you. (laughs) I mean, nicer, but. Is this why Chris Harrison felt the need to defend her actions on TV? Because he had to tell her that Matt didn't want to have a last date with her. Was he like, I got to do this for her because I had to tell her the news. (laughs) Oh, gosh, Chris Harrison. Pick your battles, bro. Of course. Then she goes into the spiral. And I think they just need. To both hop on the Peloton and sweat it out. (laughs) There you go. That will solve all your problems. Just take a class with Day, and she will be very motivational and tell you everything will be okay. But then we go back to Matt 
It's just the whole episode. It's doubts, doubts, doubts. Nothing new here. It's like all his demons are coming out. But you know what is new? Them making Neil Lane still go to talk to him. Yes. Chris Harrison bullying part two. He just forces Neil Lane onto Matt. And I think at first Matt seeing Neil Lane at the doorstep was just like, what the fuck is happening? Because I'm sorry, he just said he doesn't know if he's going to get down on one knee and propose and Neil Lane comes to the door. Like, this isn't making it any better. At first, I got to be honest, Neil Lane was asking some better questions than Chris Harrison. I was like, oh, well, okay. He's, you know, he's trying to get into his head. And then (laughs) you hear the noise of him popping open the briefcase. I'm like, oh, come on. You really do just want to peddle your jewels, bro. (laughs) He told Matt that he doesn't want to force Matt to get a ring, but just to look. And Matt has never looked at rings. And you could tell because he asked if he could hold the ring. And Neil just follows up with, yeah, it's not going to break. Neil Lane closes the deal. He's a deal closer, this guy. He decides on a pear-shaped ring. And he asked if he could... Hold on to it. (laughs) If I were Neil Lane, I would just be like, this guy has too many demons. We can't let you take this ring anywhere. And then Matt's holding the ring up to the camera, like twirling the the ring in in the lights. I'm like, what is going on here right now? Matt is processing all his demons to this ring. Like he is looking at it like it is going to solve all his problems. Then Rachel gets a note from Matt. Okay, let me just say this. Obviously, the interns or the PAs or whoever write these date cards. Normally, whatever. It's fine. But this was like, he did stand her up, right? Shouldn't that note come from his handwriting? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Matt, you might not have the best handwriting, but like, you need to apologize. (laughs) At least show you took two minutes to write out an index card that could be given to this girl that you totally ditched the day before. (laughs) And totally actually see as your future wife. Does not compute. Anyway, that was my my qualm with that. (laughs) So I'm like confused at this point too because I'm like, what does she need to wear? Does she need to wear like a ball gown? Does she just need to wear like normal clothes? But then it pants to Matt and he's in a suit. So you know that he might close the deal and Neil Lane might have convinced him much, much more than Chris Harrison. That's for sure. I know. I was hoping secretly that she showed up in like a quarantine tie dye sweatsuit. (laughs) Yes. What do you want? Do you want to apologize to me? Because that's what you need to do. So Matt rolls up to Chris Harrison and he's like how you feeling what are you gonna do and Matt is like I don't really know I'll know when I see her (laughs) you still didn't plan out what what you're gonna do pal I'm like this is not how it goes dude I was like you can't just look at someone and be like all of the answers of my life are solved and if that's how it is then I am in the wrong fantasy let me tell you so then they have their little moment and there's a fireplace behind them and it's all set up real nice and Rachel's just going through her spiel I mean don't get me wrong she wore that beautiful emerald dress 
but she is not going to Emerald City, okay? She does not have the ruby slippers that Matt needs. She's really pleading her case. Is she, though? <laughs> I mean, you know, in Bachelor terms. And after she says all of the, all of the shit she says, Matt James just lets out a gigantic sigh. <laughs> <laughs> so romantic. <laughs> this man... He reacts in the worst ways, and this is just perfect. Yeah, and he says that it would be easy to brush all of his emotions off and make her happy and propose to her, but proposals hold a lot of weight, especially in his family, and that's not what he wants for them. He's not going to propose, but he doesn't want to lose her, and he wants to leave with her and commit to her, and he finally says he loves her. And that's a big step for him. He probably thought about saying that for 45 minutes, but he did say it. He processed it, not in a timely manner, but he did process it. And she's like, I'm so happy, but you're never going to live yesterday down. (laughs) I actually don't know if she said that, but I thought that's what she said because she's that kind of crazy. Yeah, like that's what did go through my mind. And I think it was the look in her eyes, Ryan. She had that look like, I will talk to you after this i'm gonna pull you aside and really give you a peace of mind of how you made me feel yesterday i'm gonna shove this rose straight up your ass (laughs) real life begins (laughs) real life begins and so that's it of course ran called this probably from episode two i'm a witch (laughs) y'all We are going to bring you more witchy corners next season because obviously you make really good predictions. Uh, Thank you. Hallelujah, we got through that. But unfortunately, we didn't get through it all tonight because now we get to the point where it's after the final rose. You know, Chris Harrison stepped aside for this. And we have a new host. Yes, Emmanuel Ocho steps in for Chris Harrison. That was a good choice for them. I will have to say, too, he did really pick up on the Chrisisms because he totally did like, oh, this will be the most dramatic after the final rose. And like, he just was really laying it on us. Well, I mean, they still wrote the script for him. <laughs> They weren't going to lose those just because it was a new host. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That's true. Uh, Michelle comes out first, as she should, because she is a showstopper and she is a goddess. The broad strokes of the conversation were she wasn't okay after their breakup. She wanted to say her piece because she couldn't really compute everything that was going on right after it happened. And she asked to speak to Matt, but he refused. (laughs) He was too busy skateboarding with Tyler C. (laughs) Exactly. And the fact that she didn't get to have that conversation just kind of breaks my heart a little bit because closure is always necessary in these things. But, you know, it seems like she's a queen and she's just going to fucking get over it. Then they go on, and Michelle talks about how she's upset that Rachel wasn't educated, but says Rachel has a good heart, and she has a lot to learn, but she believes that Rachel will learn from this experience. 
And I think that is really telling of Michelle's character. You know, she can't, I don't think, especially after the news we find out at the end of the episode, be like, Rachel's a dumbass and no, I don't forgive her. (laughs) That's true. But I think honestly coming from her, she is a genuine person to me. So I do feel like she she does mean what she says. I think the boldest statement she did make and I think she just really channeled America in this saying they're making statements but not making changes and I'm like preach girl these statements have no validity to them like let's see the change she's eloquent as always then Matt is brought out and he still has that fucking beard (laughs) That beard needs to go. (laughs) And they start to chat and she's just saying that when he left, she just like crumbled and she wanted closure. And the producer saw how badly she was hurting and asked for a conversation. And he said no. So she confronts him about that. He's like, I'm sorry you're going through that. There's no justification why we didn't have that conversation. But I would have fought to have it if I had known how you were feeling. I... I do believe that the producers maybe didn't tell him like how hard she was really taking it but does that matter like if someone you just broke up with on a national television show asks to talk to you for two minutes regardless of having how they're feeling even if she wanted to fucking verbally berate him shouldn't he have said yes and i think the reason why she deserved this two-minute conversation is because he up and just walked out of the room like goodbye i don't see this leaves yeah, it was annoying, and he doesn't really say much, just that, oh, I always tell everybody that you arrived late, but you came right on time. It's like, I've heard you say that three times in the past three hours. <laughs> what else? <laughs> but I will have to say, she calls Matt out. Yeah, she goes, I hope that you learn to kiss with your eyes closed, and you learn more phrases than thanks for sharing. And I was just so obsessed that she burnt him, but she was like so pleasant about it. It was so good. <laughs> she had that charm where she's like burned him and then just smiled at him afterwards. Like, that wasn't a diss. Smile. God, I love her. <laughs> But then Matt gets the one-on-one after Michelle with Emmanuel. And, you know, he talks about the pressure of being the first Black Bachelor. And Matt is kind of saying like, no, it was fine that I was the first Black Bachelor. The pressure kind of was in the back of my mind because I was focusing on the women, which I thought was pretty nice of him to say. But I feel like pretty tailored of him to say yeah i mean he did bring up that he does believe that their decision to make him the bachelor was pretty much made because of everything that was going on in the country over the summer regarding social justice and he's definitely not wrong i mean he was supposed to be on claire's season and then all of a sudden was the bachelor because the franchise felt so much pressure to you know have a black lead and it sucks that that was the way that he had to get this job but you know it brings up these conversations and even though he wasn't super compelling throughout the season he really does a good job I think in this portion chatting with Emmanuel about everything yes I think so too and he did just come off very genuine 
And, you know, obviously they talk about the whole Rachel scandal. And it's kind of sad to see because he says, you want to believe that you know your person better than anyone else and better than all of these rumors circulating on social media. So he was fully into the fantasy, even though all of that doubt was cast in his mind just to get his heart shattered by these rumors that weren't rumors. They were actually true. Yeah, it was interesting because it seems like he and Rachel were together for a decent amount of time. It took her a while to speak for herself, not have Chris Harrison speak for her. Um, It took a while for her to make her statement. And it sounds like they were together up until that point, which, you know, was only, God, I don't even know when that happened a month ago. It sucks. I mean, I think the whole point that he was trying to make also is like, he knew the pressure he had for being the first Black Bachelor, but he was going on it like everybody else to find love and not educate people. Yeah. Mm hmm. That is a lot of pressure, especially for this franchise, <laughs> which can be quite harsh in a lot of ways. And plus, it's like, it's not his job, obviously. So then Rachel comes out. It's very PR. She speaks eloquently. I think she says all of the right things. Obviously, you know, I didn't like her to begin with. So I can't really trust if she's being authentic or not. Even if she wasn't being authentic, she was very well spoken about everything that Emmanuel and her talked about. Hopefully she just educates herself. Then Emmanuel insists that Matt and Rachel come back together. And let me tell you, this is the most uncomfortable thing of this whole season. Like this is more uncomfortable than him kissing with his eyes open and obviously caressing his mom's inner thigh. There's just like a a breakdown of silence for, I don't know, a very long time. And they come back from commercial and he is just still silent. Emmanuel was really hoping that Matt would say something after the commercial, but obviously Emmanuel doesn't know that it takes 45 minutes for Matt James to process any emotion. Matt basically then just says he was disappointed and he unfortunately had to explain why it was wrong and how it broke his heart. And it just is like when Matt James obviously signed up to be committed to her at the end. He didn't expect that this conversation would happen, but it did. At the end of the Rachel Matt awkwardness, if they want to share one final embrace, I'm like, why are you trying to make them embrace? No one wants them to embrace. Stop it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but I did think about what this would be if Chris Harrison did this. And it's like, there's no way that any of these conversations would have happened. Oh, no, it would have just like gotten really glazed over and it would have just been real rough. You know, actually, I wouldn't even be mad if they brought Emmanuel back. Yeah, he seemed a little nervous and sometimes was a bit robotic. But talk about feeling pressure and scrutiny, like coming into a franchise with someone who's been the host for 25 years that's a lot of pressure on him too luckily he got to end it on a good note by announcing the bachelorettes which are katie and michelle yeah so katie is gonna get the spring summer season which is typical bachelorette time and 
I'm sorry for all you Katie stands out there. I don't get it. I don't get her. She's funny a little bit. She stood up for stuff, kind of. She stuck her nose in people's business. <laughs> and now she's the Bachelorette. I don't know. I don't understand it. Uh, then we're going to get Bachelor in Paradise. And then our sweet, sweet Michelle is going to get her season. And I am very excited about that. And honestly, I think the worst thing that the Bachelor franchise can do at this point after this mess of three months is like provide more content for people. <laughs> Give everyone a chill pill. I think everyone needs a moment of silence like Matt took during after the final rose. We just need that moment of pause and you could have just thrown Katie out and just put Michelle in her place. Another announcement that was made is that Chris is not hosting the first part of The Bachelorette. I'm guessing we don't really know about Michelle's season, but Katie's season will be hosted by Tasha and Caitlin Bristow. What are your thoughts on that? I think they will do a stand-up job. Yeah, I think they'll be good. They both have strong personalities, but different personalities. And I think it could be fun to watch them together. I think it's interesting to choose people who have been through the franchise and like have been through being the Bachelorette. So yeah, I'm like, I'm kind of down for this. What does Chris Harrison really bring to the show except for the fact that he's been on it for 25 years? <laughs> it's nice to get some fresh, some fresh perspectives, I think. Exactly. And I think, you know, these two will stir the pot in such a great way that I think it might make the season more entertaining, at least more entertaining than this season, I'll tell you that. So what we're saying is we're watching Katie's season strictly to watch Tasha more. At least that's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> you will have to catch us in May. Yes, but in the meantime, we're going to catch up on Bachelor gossip and such on Instagram and Twitter. So you can follow us there if you're having withdrawals. <laughs> and we will be back to recap Dildo Katie, Journey for Love. I think the Dildo is just going to win, to be honest. But we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. If Bachelorette is sex positive, the Dildo might get the ring at the end. That's my, that's my witchy prediction. The Dildo wins. There you go. Well, until next time, sayonara. Bye. Bye.